0: Well, 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 after waiting literal years, the countdown clock to the Carolina Hurricanes Stadium Series game at Carter Friendly Stadium is finally nearing zero, which means we can start our final countdown clock.
1: 7,
0: eight, Seven. Six. Wait, this isn't five, This is what four, I meant this way. No, 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 no. Wrong clock. Wrong clock. Abort the mission. Okay, that one. That was a close one. My bad, guys. My bad. But if you have already looked at how long this episode is going to be, you can tell it's a little longer than my average episode. And I have a very good reason for that. I had the opportunity to talk to the Vice President of Marketing for the Hurricanes, Mr. Dan LaTorica, I'm really hoping I pronounced that right. I asked him in advance. I tried my best, Dan. But I got to talk to Dan about some of the backstories behind this and everything that goes into this game. I will also break down everything that's going to go into this full week of events around the Stadium Series game, whether it's the Fan Fest, Cam Ward Night, Sebastian Ajo Bobblehead, the Alumni Games, a whole bunch of stuff, which is why I got to take extra time this week. But without further ado... Let's get into it. 9,393 days of frustration. And on the 9394th day of NHL existence, the Carolina Hurricanes have won the Stanley Cup. Welcome to Home Ice Advantage, with historical perspectives, modern-day deep dives, special guests, and a healthy mix of good, bad, and or hot takes. This is the best place for you to learn about your Carolina home games. I just want to say thank you, and I'm looking forward for this challenge. It's an honor, and I think we're gonna do great things. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. It's hey,
1: hey, what do you say? The win in
0: overtime! Before we jump into it, I want to acknowledge that I will not be talking about potential trades this week. Um Yeah, there's a lot of news going around, and that's probably the most interesting thing going on in the wide hockey world, but in our little corner of the hockey world, just for Carolina Hurricanes fans, we only care about the Stadium Series right now. And the whole point of this episode is for you to learn about it, learn how it came together, and, you know, how you can participate. So, we have a week's worth of programming starting on Wednesday and ending that following Tuesday of different events that you can go to that will make this week special. But before I talk about all that, and trust me, there's a lot of it, I want to acknowledge the hard work that went into this week's programs from employees of the Carolina Hurricanes and the National Hockey League. Those are the easy ones. Those are the ones we all assume. But there's also a ton of behind-the-scenes people for local organizations, businesses, and just, I mean, vendors, like, there was so many people that are gonna put a ton of blood, sweat, and even some tears into making this week happen. I want to acknowledge that. And for the first time this episode, bring in Dan. I'm sorry, I'm not gonna try his last name again. I feel like I butchered it, and that makes me feel really bad. So we're just gonna call him Dan. Still a very important dude, still a very cool dude, still very thankful he took the time to talk to me. And the... Basic premise here is how much work actually goes into a marquee, NHL marquee event. This is one of the few they'll do all year.
1: A, a lot of work uh, goes into this. Uh, and obviously, this particular situation is a little bit more unique, given that we sort of pushed it off by a couple of years on account of the pandemic uh, You know, delays with that. So extra planning uh, has went into it. But uh, as we were discussing and sort of making the pitch for it to the league, uh, there were months and months of um, building uh, a case for it too that this market could do it and tom dundon and don Waddell and mike foreman were all uh, instrumental in kind of demonstrated the league that this this market could support this kind of event and make it something that benefits uh, the sport as a whole and the league so a lot of prep work went into it and uh it looks like that work paid off because this game has sold out faster than any other outdoor game uh, to date so, uh, but, but a lot of prep work uh, goes in before, and then obviously a whole lot of extra time now to, to make sure this event goes off without a hitch uh, in the
0: next you know, week or so. When Dan says that a lot of work has gone into the Stadium Series game, he's being modest. The game itself, plus the, you know, ton of events around the game, have been the result of years worth of work. And I'm not just meaning, you know, the game was supposed to happen last season. It's this season. It took years worth of work. No. I mean, like, this goes back to 2017, 2018 times. When Tom Dundon walked up to Pedro Kamanos and was like, Yo, dog, I want to buy your hockey team. And Pedro Kamanos was like, Yo, dog, that makes sense. I just need a stupid amount of money. And then Tom Dundon was like, We can make that happen, cap'n. That's an exact quote of the conversation. That's how it went down. But almost immediately thereafter, Tom Dundon was like, okay, these outdoor games seem really cool. What can I do to get one of these? And at the time, that was ballsy, because this organization was not in a great place. In fact, his purchase of the team is what silenced most relocation rumors. Keyword, most. So the idea that he immediately came in was like, hey, how do I get one of these marquee events? is insane and I respect the gumption it takes for that. Now 5 years on, we know that the organization is in a much better place. The fans are enthusiastic again and willing to put the money where their fandom has been this whole time. And I know a lot of fans like to assume that the league itself, like the body of the National Hockey League does not like the Carolina Hurricanes that they do not respect Hurricanes fans, and that Gary Bettman and all of his cronies hate us, and yeah, it's all stupid and rigged against us. I've even seen people that say that Tom Dundon had to have had something on Bettman to be able to get this game, that it was, it had to have been a hard sell. I've got some news for you. Dan disagrees.
1: Um, not a, not a particularly hard sell from what I understand. I mean, I wasn't involved in many of those conversations, but, you know we're still a non-traditional market and we've had a lot of success over the past couple of years. And there's a lot of really strong markets in hockey. And there's a, there's a lot of people, a lot of teams and locations that want this kind of game. So not necessarily hard, but a lot of competition, uh, in, in every market. So what uh, the league tries to, you know, they, they do their best to, to play fair and, and kind of do what's best for the league as a whole and the different cities. And, uh, you know, obviously I think, uh, the, the Raleigh and, and Carolina regions have, have really demonstrated in the past couple of years that, that hockey is, is a sport that means a lot to them.
0: And that's something that's not always been guaranteed for Raleigh and the greater Raleigh area, the triangle, if you will. Um, we get made fun of a lot by other hockey markets about how we're just a college town. And I would push back on that. I know other people disagree. But playing at Carter-Finley Stadium is unique. One, it's right across the street from our building, which by far has to be the easiest setup for an outdoor game, because they literally just have to cross the street. But from that, we are also, what, maybe 15, 20 miles away from uh, where Duke is, and then another 30, 35 miles away from Chapel Hill. The college experience is everything for local sports fans. Because it's all right here. And when you play inside of Carter Finley Stadium, it begs the question, you know, the Fenway Park hosted the Winter Classic for the second time, and that building has history. The Green Monster. I mean, it, it's been open for over a 100 years, guys. So how does Carter Finley and that atmosphere compare to the branding around Fenway Park?
1: Yeah, that's a really great question. And I suppose in our mind, um, it's an important part of the identity of the team is our location. You know, It's it's we're one of the few, I think, if only hockey markets, where we're the only pro team in that market. Um, you know, Columbus has the MLS team. Um, San Jose has an MLS team. So really, it's it, it, we're, we're unique in that. So in a lot of ways, our, our our very popular college programs are the other pro teams in the market. But what's unique about our, um, location specifically is that our fans have been trained to tailgate, in my opinion, better than any other fan base. Um, and part of that is because we, we share a parking lot with Carter Finley stadium and our, our fans, many, many state fans are also hurricanes fans. Not any other hockey arena, in my opinion, has the same kind of layout that can benefit as, and the same kind of weathering climate that allows this tailgating, the same kind of culture. So uh, the college sports atmosphere and, and kind of lifestyle um, with you know, with tailgating and celebrating the game day ended up being a very natural fit for all this. And while other arenas have had, they've been into baseball or the, the perhaps the more like the, the military piece of it when it was at the, the Naval Air Force Academy. Um, you know, our, our thing is is college sports are big here. We've That's never been lost on us. And we like to think of ourselves as a unifying force among the, the triangle uh, schools here. But given the nature of the game and the location of it, uh, that college sort of style really fits in well with, with the region and so, kind of celebrating that. Uh, it's a natural fit because our fans behave that way anyway.
0: I guess from here, I'll pivot to the actual point and we'll talk about everything that's scheduled next week, this week. Okay, real question, and you know, stay honest here, no one will ever know your answers. Does the week start on Saturday or Sunday? Because I know it's the weekend, Saturday, Sunday. But for me, the week starts on Sunday. Whatever. None of this is the point. So, Wednesday, February 15th, the NHL legacy will be fully announced and fleshed out. And I know what you're thinking. Colin, please tell me they're not doing another NHL Guardian thing like they did for the All-Star Game. No, they, they learned that lesson that was an utter failure. NHL Legacy actually gets its roots from Carolina, and specifically from former player, current head of, I don't know his true title, but youth hockey, Shane Willis. And the basic idea from Shane and his team is, is that the game should be more accessible. And you know what, let me not talk out of torn. This is what Dan said about it.
1: Uh, but as I understand it, this is something that Shane and his team have been working towards for a while. Um, you know, they understand, obviously they do tremendous work with youth hockey, with supporting college hockey. Uh, the Junior Canes program is very strong and the girls uh, youth hockey program is, is really growing uh, a whole lot too, we've got some great staff there. Over the years and best time so there's been a lot of commitment to that uh this has always been on their roadmap. i think it was just sort of the kind of thing where when the nhl became aware of it they were like well we can work with you on that we see value in this too and and i see i see the value as well uh, it's it's a much more accessible form i mean heck i'm constantly playing floor hockey in my kitchen with my my two-year-old son so you know it's the kind of thing where like it, it's a more accessible version of the game um the adage i'll go back to is if it can work for wayne and garth in wayne's world it can work for our fans here and there is more ice here than where I grew up in Jersey, uh, which is you know that says something. And we're getting more by the by the year. I know there's a, a new um, a new rink going up. I don't think it's affiliated with us, but I know it's going up on in, in the Apex Holly Springs border. Um, and there's obviously the the Holly or the uh, the Morrisville uh, the practice arena. Yeah. You know, it's just we're getting more and more ice here, so that'll help naturally grow the game. But this is something else that's another fun way to to grow it and make it more accessible. It's a lot more cost effective um so I think it's something that all parties can get behind not dissimilar to wiffle ball or 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 like kind of sort of reduced version flag football things like that there these exist in every sport you know obviously soccer is its own thing where you only really need one piece of equipment to to play uh same with basketball but hockey obviously is more expensive this is a way to reduce the cost uh adjust the the barrier to entry and kind of make it so uh, youngsters or anybody really can can understand the fundamentals and play and have some fun with it and get some exercise and appreciate sort of what goes on on the ice. And if they see value, they enjoy that. It resonates with them. Hopefully we can uh, bring some of those people over to the ice side. But if we don't, it's just not a fun way to do something, whether it's on college campuses or whether it's down the street or wherever. Uh, we got plenty of streets and we got plenty of good weather here. You can always play some ball hockey the same way you can play some flag football or ultimate frisbee or whatever.
0: This is an, an absolutely fabulous idea. Don't understand why it took so long, but kudos to Shane and his team for getting it done now. Now that next day, on Thursday, the long-anticipated induction of Cam Ward into the Carolina Hurricanes Hall of Fame. A little side note is this game, the creation of the Hall of Fame, all of it, has been in the works for years. It has been on the calendar for years. And a little silver lining of the Stadium Series game having to be pushed back until next week, rather than last season, is that they got to combine the events into one weekend. Making this weekend, and the special event that it should be, just a little bit sweeter for Hurricanes fans
1: uh and and like the hall of fame game is a great example that has been something uh the hall of fame night whatever uh that has been something that has been in the books and being planned for years and years and it was always sort of on a roadmap for this year and all of a sudden it's like all right well we can tie this in to the alumni game the stadium series game make it extend this 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 piece for a couple days there and and make it so it's something that's truly special so that's something that when the game got pulled to or pushed to another time, we were like, all right, well, let's let's marry this with our Hall of Fame game to make the first one really special.
0: Speaking of special, that next day, Friday, February 17th, just one day until puck drop, it's time to take your kids out of school. No, not permanently, just for the day. Because from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m., the Carolina Hurricanes are going to take over Fayetteville Street in downtown Raleigh. For those of you who don't know, maybe you're not local, maybe you're local and you just never thought about it, Faithful Street is the main street, Raleigh, North Carolina. It connects Memorial Auditorium to the Capitol Building. There's the City of Raleigh Museums on that street. It's every big event, whether it's the St. Patrick's Day Parade or Christmas Parade or New Year's celebrations, all of that happens on Faithful Street. And that Friday, the hurricanes will take over. Hurricanes alumni will be there to sign autographs and say hi to fans from three to five. There will be a street hockey scrimmage game with the uh, NC State Ice Pack, which is their hockey team. There's going to be Ferris wheels, two stages of live music, a fireworks finale. If you're not going to be there, you're going to be a square. In case you weren't sold already, there's going there was already thirty three confirmed food trucks let alone 50-ish other vendors of all types. It's going to be a good day. You should be there. But for some reason, if you're not going to be there, you could always attend the Hootie and the Blowfish concert at PNC Arena that night. And yes, you did not mishear me. It's not Darius Rucker coming in town with his country act. It's Hootie. It's Hootie, everyone. That is not an easy get. Time, why are you walk away like a friend went somewhere to go? You left me crying. Can you teach me about tomorrow and all the pain and the sorrow running free? just another day, and I don't believe in time. If you're following along at home, that means you already know what's happening the next day. Saturday, February 18th.
1: It's game day, baby! Let's go to war! Who's gonna win?
0: We are! Yes, that is the energy I am looking for when it comes to the outdoor game. I want everyone in their building, in their building, indoor seats at least an hour before the game. There needs to be a let's go games chant every five seconds on the dot. Washington gets called for a penalty. I want people at home in Cary to hear cheaters never win. Okay, that's what I want. I want them to yell red so loud during the national anthem that for a full second, Duke thinks they're under attack by NC State. That's what I want. That's the atmosphere I want to bring to this Stadium Series game. As a member of the 50,000-strong inside of Carter-Finley Stadium, I will happily lose my voice. I will say it right now. I make a podcast. I will have a podcast out within days of that happening. And I don't care. I'll come back with the scraggliest of voices and wear it as a badge of honor. I'm not going to go into everything that will be a part of the Stadium Series game, like the actual broadcast. I feel like that's pretty well publicized at this point. Kevin Weeks is coming back. That's cool. I do want to focus on what's going to happen after the game. So the Hurricanes dominate the Washington Capitals. We beat them 35, no, actually 25 to nothing. That's how good of a game it was. 25 to nothing. But it's the next day now. It's Sunday. What are you going to do? There's no there was no game to watch. There's nowhere to go. You just have to sit at home and remember that memory. Because that's all it is now. A memory. Except that you can go watch NC State face UNC men's basketball um, inside PNC Arena. Personally, not that big of a college basketball fan. I'm not going to watch. But it's an option. And then the next day, and this is what I really want to talk about. Monday, the 20th. At 4 p.m., for the first time in the post-COVID era, the Carolina Hurricanes will host their annual alumni game. And I know what you're asking. Well, Colin, I don't care. Which, which alumni? You know what I mean? Like, if it's if it's going to be, I don't know, let's say... Rod Brendamore. If Rod Brendamore's there, I guess I'll watch. Maybe, you know, if Rod isn't going to be there but, like, Justin Williams is, I'll watch that. I'll go to that. Well, I got news for you. Not only is Rod the Bod Brindamore going to be there, but so is Mr. Game 7. A good Canadian boy. Justin Williams. They will both be captains of their own teams. Fellow alumni of Aaron Ward, Cam Ward, Shane Willis. Bates Battaglia, which is just a fun name to say. Say it with me. Bates Battaglia. Oh, I fucked it up that time. Uh. Well, you live in your lawn. My Commodore, (laughs) Jesse Bolares, Jeff Daniels, Chad the Rose. Guys, Chad the Rose is coming back for this. I'm assuming he's in town for the cam night and was like, why I'm here. But either way, Chad the Rose is coming back. Timmy Glees... Like, uh, Jeff Daniels, all three coaches will be a part of this game. Eric Cole's going to be there, Sean Hill's going to be there. Like, it's going to be a great time. And then after that game, they will play yet another game on that ice. UNC will come down to Raleigh to face NC State's men's hockey team for a scrimmage on Carter-Friendly Ice. The... I very much enjoy that they are trying to squeeze every last minute of entertainment out of that ice. And then Tuesday, the next day. So now it's the day after the alumni game. And you're really, really in a bad place. Not only is Cam Ward already in the Hall of Fame, it's just a memory. But the Stadium Series game is over. It's just a memory. Yes, we did defeat the Washington Capitals 25 to nothing. With a, uh, I don't know, quadruple hat-trick, but let's say Andrey Vechdekov. I don't know, pick someone. But, it's over. Guys, it's just a memory. What are you going to do? The alumni game is over. It mm-hmm. was nice to see Rod Brindamore somehow score a lacrosse goal. That was insane. But it's over. It's Monday now. We got to get to work. I'm sorry, it's Tuesday now we got to get to work. We've taken all these extra days off to participate in Hurricanes-themed activities. Well, Tuesday night, the 24th, is Sebastian Ajo bobblehead night at PNC Arena when the Carolina Hurricanes take on the St. Louis Blues. Just to put a nice little period on the week of festivities, you go to PNC Arena and pick up a Sebastian Ajo bobblehead. I guess the overall point of why I wanted to describe all of this for you is there was going to be something for you to do as a Hurricanes fan next weekend, a week from today. Either you can go to the Stadium Series game, which there will be a lot of us there, but I also know it's not been the easiest to get tickets, they were a little expensive, just putting that out there, you could also buy a jersey or you could go to the Stadium Series game. So I know a lot of people won't be going to that. So you can go to the Cam Ward retirement game. I am retirement. Well, one day, maybe. But Hall of Fame game. And, you know, I think that game's actually already sold out. So if you can't do that, you can go to the Sebastian Aho bobblehead game. You still get a souvenir. And, listen. Times are tough. Inflation's high. You can't afford to be pying hockey tickets. I guess you can't participate. Except... The, what, 13-hour fan fest in the heart of downtown Raleigh, completely free. I'm just saying, there is something for everyone next week. And, again, free games of the alumni game and NC State Force UNC. These are all great things you could take a part of. I will be at the wide majority of these events. I'm not going hootie. I won't be going to any men bas- men's basketball game. But everything else, I'll be around. So look out for me. Don't tell me my podcast sucks, because I'll get upset. But, uh, you know, if you do feel that... I don't know, guys. <laughs> I don't know, don't tell me. Nah, tell me. I can get better. Before we go, not home, but away, until Wednesday, I wanted to share... A little piece of audio. So you guys have heard probably about fifteen minutes of my conversation with uh, Dan. It was a forty-five minute conversation. We were on the we were on that call for like an hour, and there was this. There was a lot of stuff that has, unfortunately stays on the cutting room floor, and hope that I can use it for something else because some of it's actually really good. I just didn't have a place for it. But I wanted to share this one little thing he had to say. about... About Carolina Hurricanes fans, and you know you expect the team to praise you, and I, that, that just is what it is. Like every building in the NHL is the loudest building in the National Hockey League. Now everyone else is lying; we're the best, but whatever. But that you know, fan service is a real thing. But what Dan says here made me realize just how special. Carolina Hurricanes fans really are.
1: In in my opinion, and we were having a creative meeting about this a couple weeks back, and we were trying to decide, like, what is the single most important and impactful narrative around this game? And, you know, there's obviously the storyline on the ice, and the team is good, and it's a big deal in the game and everything. But to us, it really boils down to the fans uh, and, and the impact that they have had without fan support and fan passion these events don't happen; they they, they just don't. So uh, that's the story that we really want to tell and celebrate the most here is that win or lose, obviously we really want to win this game. But um, the the most important part of all this is is to celebrate and show that that hockey has a home in Raleigh, and the fans are are for real here, and it's something that. I know you probably see quite a bit on social, and, and we usually see it a lot more in the playoffs when we're playing uh, you know, teams maybe from a little further north where it's like, oh, you guys should start liking hockey or whatever else. And I do like some of that that back and forth because I think it puts a necessary chip on the fan's shoulder and kind of strengthens their sense of identity that, no, we do deserve this, and that's valuable. Um, but I think what um, I hope is, is that through this event and the fans' support and all that, a lot of other markets are going to just uh, – further recognize and understand that hockey uh exists here and it's very valuable here and it's it's very supported here and will continue to be so that this this works here and yeah it it took 25 years to get to this point but look at the first 25 years for the Chicago Blackhawks I'm sure there were struggles as well but it's just a different landscape so uh, I'm I'm excited for what this does for the reputation of the fans and if our marketing team is doing our job properly will celebrate that uh, accordingly. And eventually, I think we'll get to a point as a collective fan base and brand where it won't really matter what they say. And I think we've already kind of at that point too, but it still feels good to be like, hey, look look, look how this game and look how this brand, look how this fan base has grown over the past five, six years. Uh, and it's, it's not just about winning, it's about building the right foundation for sustained success on and off the ice as a team and as a business. Um, and I do think we have crossed that threshold of like, I don't really care what you think anymore because we know that our fans are the best uh, and we're successful and we'll continue climbing and reaching new heights. And that's one thing that Don and Tom and many others have done a really great job to continue positioning our organization for sustained success. Um, but it is still nice to, to watch that all pay off and see, you know, a, 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 a stadium full of hopefully around 45,000 or so. I'm not sure how many uh, Cavs fans are going to be there, but um, you know, a majority of Canes fans uh, from the, the Carolinas or from Colorado, um, you know, coming to this game and, and screaming and yelling, uh, you know, and, and really just having a great time.
0: Future Colin here. So I'm actually going to add something to this episode. I, I had already completed the episode It you know, had been uploaded, scheduled to post at 12.01 on Saturday morning. And then this thing Dan talked about got stuck in my head. And it was about the responsibility of a major league team towards its community. And I ultimately decided that that's worth you guys hearing. I shouldn't cut it out. So previous Colin of a couple of minutes ago is a liar. Bald face, pants on fire liar. Don't know why you ever listened to that guy. But me, I'm on the up and up. I'm, I'm I'm telling you straight. This is what Dan had to say that's been stuck in my head for about two days now.
1: We can only be as successful as, as our community and our fan base. Uh, and whether the local businesses, larger businesses, um, you know, uh, this team has, uh, has a responsibility, I believe, um, you know, to the community to, to help unify and, and support any way that it can. And yeah, it serves as a source of entertainment. And yes, we profit quite a bit from retail sales and ticket sales and all that. But when the opportunities arise to where we can create events that that do positively impact uh tourism dollars or anything else we our goal oh. should always be to maximize that in any way possible and that's one of the, the big reasons why we've opted to extend this event as as uh as much as we have um because we we do you know we the, the hurricanes are committed to to raleigh in north carolina and the carolinas as a whole um in every shape and form so um, we want to build the relationships the right way and show that we care about this region and we care about the fan base and we want to do what we can to to generate uh, as much value and that's why something like a fan fest in downtown Raleigh is, is good for all parties it, it drives not only revenue for uh, for many different vendors but also it drives awareness and, and more um, cohesion and, and a deeper relationship with with between the brand and, and the community and the fans so it uh they, it's like the old saying a rising tide lifts all ships no different here um and if we can help really raise that that water level a little bit uh we understand that we're hopefully helping the other uh community partners in, in the region so uh, we're definitely excited about the impact it can have and we hope that that uh will in turn create more opportunities to invest more and and uh, in our local community and and kind of continue uh, growing together because I think we all everybody here that's one thing I'm just talking to our parking director about this and I'm going on a tangent and I apologize um it's one thing that's very there's a lot of unique things about this fan base a lot of really wonderful things but one thing that I have noticed in my 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 five or so years here is um there is a very utilitarian approach and mindset for our fan base and I think when you explain kind of things to them they actually do a really good job of doing what's best for the greater good of the region the fan base and they're able to see that value whereas some other fan bases it's just like i'm a fan this is a team you know and that's it like i do think that there is that a deeper understanding of how special it is to have a team in a market like raleigh where there are no other pro teams um and how special it is to have a successful team in this market, one that, you know, obviously, we're the only team in North Carolina, a pro team, excuse me, that's won a championship and things like that. So I do think that the, the fans here have a very different mindset than other fan bases. And because of that, they appreciate sort of the value the Canes bring. And I think the Canes really appreciate, I hope we appreciate the right way, uh, the value that the fans bring here. So it's, it's a very necessary and impactful and, and valuable two-way relationship. I'll always go back to the bunch of jerk things to uh that whole that whole you know, uh campaign that whole thing like most fan bases don't rally around something that large or that or something like that as impactfully as a fan base does but I think a lot of fans saw the value of something that would transcend the market and and also be a, a form of identity not only for the team but for them and they bought in extra hard around that too um i think when you see any type of positive news about the growth of the organization or the success of the organization it gets amplified a little bit further by our fan base because our success is their success they really want um this team to thrive there because it's a part of them you know there's there's nothing that's like it's segmenting the the sense of identity and connection here like obviously you have college sports allegiances and it's it's very different than a pro sport allegiance because you choose your pro sports team in college like you get in that's what you root for and all that kind of stuff um and it's, it's 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 just a different dynamic whereas here it's like when the fan base is voted the number one fan base by NBC Sports or you see celebrations about that it's, it's something that our fans celebrate in my opinion extra hard and really show off because they understand the value of like what it means to have a team here and, and kind of they, they really they root for the success of, of the organization. You know, they they see and they understand, like we have these season ticket member events with the signed autographs. Like, yeah, sometimes they can get frustrated with long lines, but they also are able to logically see like, that's because the organization's done a better job of attracting season ticket members, which means more sustained success for the organization. So they take a very logical approach understanding the business side of it, which I think is, to be honest with you, it's, it's, it's not something that I've experienced at any other stop in my, my pro sports career. Uh, So it's just very unique about this and I think allows for a lot more uh, success overall for us as we have a fan base that understands the the greater good uh, and kind of what we are trying to do here.
0: I couldn't tell you what part of that specifically got stuck in my head. Part of it was nice because I like in a way that was fan service. That's not like Dan was saying it, but it was fan service in a way. It's nice to know that we are unique in that way. And it's nice to know that the organization I support, and that I have supported my entire life, understands its responsibility to the community it represents. But I also don't think he's wrong. I can only speak for myself here, not everyone who's listening. But I sell the team. Like, if I see someone... And Hurricane's March, and I'm not, like, in the middle of something, but, like, hey, nice hat, nice short, nice jacket. Because I want other people to get, like, positive reinforcement on them wearing March so they continue to wear it. Or, like, if someone just mentions to me, like, they see I'm wearing a Hurricane's thing, "Aren't aren't they pretty good? And then I, well, actually, you know, they're one of the best teams in the NHL. They could win the whole damn thing. They're trying to win their third division title in just three years. You know, it's a great time to go catch a game. Tickets are cheap. What well, I mean, relatively. But I try to I try to do that. And I I guess it's I I'm fascinated by the fact that the entire community is like that to the point where the organization itself has noticed it. And don't get it wrong, it's not like Dan Hasn't worked in professional sports for a long time. He has. Not only that, but he's worked in a pretty big market when he worked for the Brooklyn Nets. And then he's also worked for the Carolina Panthers. So it's not just like a Carolina thing. It's specifically a Hurricanes thing. Uh, it, It just got stuck in my head. Maybe it got stuck in your head too. Maybe you relate that you also do that. Like you also try to sell the team and hype the team to non fans. And you want what's good for the organization. I don't know if we got that from being the underdog for so long. It was more like, you know, during those relocation rumors, well, if we got more fans, they're not gonna relocate us. That was a thing. I don't know. I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna go on a tangent on that. So I don't know. Thanks for listening! I'm so just kidding, that's not how I'm gonna end the show. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you guys listening more than you'll ever know. I there was no way I'd be able to talk to people like Dan or Mike Van Scalper or Adam Gold or Walter Rupp if people like you didn't listen to the show, share it with their friends, subscribe and rate it if you haven't already. This turned into a plug really fast, but I meant to actually say thank you. So thank you for listening. Thank you to Dan, of course, for taking time out of his day. He also had to listen to my terrible audio quality at the time, because I was sitting outside my apartment like a dingus. But until Wednesday, go Canes.